welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. Welcome, everyone. My name is C.J. Reynolds, and this is my YouTube channel. Uh, watch, you're making that cord jump all over the place. Um, this is my YouTube channel, Real Rap with Reynolds. And what Real Rap with Reynolds, besides me, is, if you've not been here before, if this is your first time that you're that you're hearing about this, um, it is it is not just me. It is a community of educators that show up every week, and from YouTube and now on Facebook as well, to help one another to be the teachers that we were called to be. And so one of the ways that we are able to do that is by meeting on Sunday nights or Sunday afternoon. For me, it's 1 p.m. used to be at night. That's why the whole title, it's a whole nother thing. Um, but it is a chance for us to help one another to be the teachers that we are called to be. And so there's a bunch of different ways that we do that. Um, and one of those ways is meeting on, on Sunday nights. So if you have a question, let me just say this on the front end. If you have a question tonight, um, you can go ahead and put it in the chat. If you put Q next to it, that would be great. Or if you put question next to it, that way that we know that it's a question and it's not just people talking. Um, but don't be surprised if other people start talking to you about this. This isn't like, um, you won't just get information from me. And that's a really good thing. I'm just realizing now that my wedding ring is upstairs somewhere. Just, <gasps> we are not married right now. <laughs> <laughs> Remember I lost my wedding ring for a minute? It ended Remember up when there. I like really lost my wedding ring? Oh yeah, Batman. I don't have one. Yeah, I know you don't. You look at you make it look like we're engaged. We're forty year old engaged people. <laughs> I know that have been together for a long time. So the um the whole idea here though is that you know you might have a, a very specific question to your grade level, and I might not be able to speak to that, but you know maybe. James Pete does have something to say to that. Maybe Laura Green can add something to that. Maybe Mike D, not Mike D from the Beastie Boys, the other teacher Mike D, uh, can speak to that as well. Tracy Pinder can speak to that. So that's the kind of the idea here is that, you know, you're not sure kind of like who's going to sort of sprinkle some magic. So it's a good idea to just put it out there. Nothing's off the table on the show. I'll talk about anything. I'll address anything um, it, that has education or beyond. So bring it up. Look, folks, if this is not enough for you, um, I got all this. I just feel, I just feel so professional all of a sudden. Um, we are, there's also, uh, you can follow us on social media. You can follow us on Facebook, um, Twitter. If you just check it occasionally, um, YouTube, of course, Instagram, um, there's always stuff going up on there. And then, you know, the other piece that I think is so crucial is the Facebook uh, group. So there's over 4,000 people in there. And I'd say largely, I mean, you're doing something. I'm, I'm going to pretend you're listening to me. I'm listening. Like usual. Um, the, I think that largely the group is like a really positive place. Every once in a while, something gets posted and someone gets some heat for it. But like. But very rarely. Yeah. There are so few. I'd say 98% of the time, it's cool. Is that a good percentage? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're teaching the kids fractions right now. I just thought I'd throw like a little yeah, yeah, percentage yeah. out there at you real quick. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's another space where you can connect. If that's not enough, we also offer mentoring sessions. So like you can go right over to the, um, to our website, realwrapwithreynolds.com and you can 
sign up for mentoring. I'll do hour-long sessions with you and talk about everything from the kid in your class that you can't figure out, the toxic teachers, the parents, the lesson plans, all that stuff, um, and beyond. If you want to talk about business, I don't know. I, that, that was a whole phone call recently, and that was really fun um, to be able to talk about that stuff. So any of that, you can just go right over to the to the website, realrapwithreynolds.com, and find everything that you need there. The other thing, um, well, I'll, I'll wait on the two other things. And we'll talk about those in a bit. Um, are we ready? Or do we need a minute? No, there's a question. Cool. So can we tell folks where where are they finding if they want to come on Zoom or if they want to come on the live stream with me, how do they? There is a Google Doc link um, that should be pinned in YouTube. And there is one on your personal Facebook page. And as soon as I read this first question, I'm going to go put it in our group as well where cool. we're streaming. So even if you if so you want to you can either just ask a question in the chat, that's fine. Or if you want to come on because you think it might have need a little bit more context or you just want to talk for a second, um that's available as well. Do what you, you got buddy? Do you have anybody waiting in the stream? No? Yep. Uh so I would say I think Anna is I think this is a is there an Anna in there? No. All right, I don't know if I'm, if the, okay, we're gonna go. Anna is asking, how do you deal with bullying at your school? Do you know what other school, what other schools do? So bullying at my school is, I just think bullying's fascinating. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it like that. Um, I was watching the show, we were watching this movie last night. Um, who was it? What was it called? I think it was called Homeland or something like that. It was like Jason Stratham who plays like this rugged American guy with an accent. I don't know. They didn't really explain the accent, but like he was like living in small town, kind of like Appalachia. And there was a kid that was picking on his daughter. And then his daughter like breaks the kid's nose in like the first 60 seconds of the movie. Right. It was like straight, like American, like if you bother me, I'm going to break your nose kind of thing. And all I could think of was the kid that was bullying her, just sort of like seeing him in the movie. I thought like, man, I wish I could just talk to that kid because there's something else going on there, right? This isn't like, you know, he's not just the bad guy. Um, and then even when his mom shows up and his dad, it's like, you have a very clear idea as to why this child acts the way that he does. But then it's like, it makes me wonder about their story as well. And like, why are they, you know, acting accordingly? So I think for, for us at our school, bullying is, it's not just a suspendable offense. You don't just get in trouble or get detention or something like that it leads to a larger conversation as to what's going on, why it's going on. Because, you know, I think what, one of the things I've learned as an educator is that, you know, there are, every student acts a particular way for a reason, right? Maybe they were born like that. Some kids just seem to be born nice. And I know kids, and I'm not just talking about kids I teach, but kids like in the world that I just, I, doesn't, I can't, it doesn't, I can't compute as to why they're acting the way that they're acting. Um, <clears throat> folks that I've met along the way that are like really great. And then for some reason, their kid is really difficult to deal with. Right. I don't. So I think some of that maybe is, is born in you. Um, I like that my spiritual advisor told me one time or no, it wasn't a spiritual advisor. It was in a book that I read. It says, Jesus might live in your heart, but grandpa lives in your bones. Meaning that a lot of the things that we, who we are like, we kind of grow up with or, or and then they're, and they're embedded in us some way. And then we have to decide what we're going to do with that. That being said, 
Um, I think a lot of students are acting out of some kind of pain or hurt or anxiety. And so then they start taking that out and making other people feel bad so that, you know, for whatever reason. In doing that, though, I found that so many times if I can just talk to a kid that's doing the bullying and help them to understand, like, what's going on? Why are you, why are you acting that way? Um, but not even starting there, just saying, like, hey, what's going on? Like, this is what I'm like, not even blaming someone. This is what I'm noticing. I'm noticing you coming into the room and acting this particular way towards this particular student. What's going on there? Talk to me about that. Why, why, why is this happening? Because sometimes, you know, and you've seen this in every, you know, if you watch Cobra Kai, it's like, there's the bully who like then acts like the victim. And then the person that was actually getting bullied gets labeled as the bully and that was a lot of, that was a lot of weird language. Ever. Um, it is, it's just not so simple all the time. So I think that if, I, if I'm dealing with a bully in my school, it's trying to understand the situation and what actually happened and not just what I think happened or what I think I saw happen, but giving space for someone to, ex, to explain why they did something that they did. The next part is digging a little bit deeper and saying like, well, let me ask you, like, who do you live with? I'm just wondering, like, who do you live with at home? Like who, who consists of makes up your household? Um, and then maybe you find out that mom and dad are together. Maybe you find out that they're not. Maybe you find out someone's in foster care. Maybe you find out that they live with their grandparents. Um, oh, you live with your, your grandmom. That's cool. Uh, do you, do you see like the rest of your family? Like, so like if your family all gets together, who gets together? So I'm not asking if mom and dad are in the picture, cause that might be a little bit too, uh, fresh of a space to, to sort of might be too sensitive for a kid. Um, but who gets together when your whole family gets together? And then if I start connecting dots as to who's there and who's not there, um, or asking like, hey, if you could change anything in your life, like what would you change? These are questions that lead you to start understanding where a child's coming from. And that, what, even if you understand where someone's coming from, it doesn't give them the right to do it. It's not an excuse as to why they did it. It's a reason as to why they did what they're doing. And then when you can unpack that reasoning and start get to, getting to the root of that, you can help that kid. And I think the other piece is empowering young people that are being bullied to let them know they don't have to be bullied. And here are steps that are that are real, right? Not like, um, not just tell the counselor, not just tell a teacher because, you know, especially I teach all boys in West Philly, like no one's there. There's a, the, there is a, such a stigma around ratting uh, or telling on someone or going to someone with your problems that you have to kind of help kids unpack that a little bit and say, well, like you're not telling on anyone. I'm just trying to like help, you know, what, how you could handle it then. So it's empowering young people with the steps that they can take to to handle some of that stuff and then of course it is it is for me um involving other people in the community in my in my school community so that they are on the lookout for stuff and then um there's a whole list of things that we do here uh, then it is if i have someone like let's say um someone that's been on the channel a ton of times like ham right ham is uh ham's called ham because he's Hand. He's always wants to be in front of the camera. He always wants attention. So, but he's a really good dude. He carries a lot of bravado with him and he's always in my room. He's never afraid to speak his mind. And I can see the freshmen. Um, they, they kind of look up to him in some we weird way. Cause he's, he's a weird dude, right? Ham, if you're watching this, we all know this. 
But if I can say, Yoham, come here, I, I got an assignment for you. See this dude over here that was just in my room? Um, that's Jalen. What I need you to do is when you're when you walk down the hallway today, I just need you to say, yo, what's up, Jalen? That's it. You don't have to be his friend. You don't have to ask him to eat lunch with you. You don't have to um, like walk him home after school. Just say what's, what's up, what you're doing there. And I've said this a million times. You are showing someone that thinks they're invisible and letting them know they're visible so that the only they're not they don't just go from obscurity to getting bullied. They are actually being acknowledged and having a light shown on them, even if for a moment. So if you can have a kid walk down the hallway and five different dudes that day say hi to him and he's just like, what? Like, like you just became seen. And then that kid's going to feel more comfortable coming into my room. Then all those dudes are always in my room. And then when he walks in, yo, Jalen, what's up? Yo. And then I'll introduce, like bring him in. Hey, look, we're talking about Cobra Kai real quick. Come here. Come wrap with us about this real fast. And then we have that conversation. Now, all of a sudden, the student belongs. And there's a million other things that you can do, too. But I find that those few things get to the root of the problem. And they're treating, not just not just handling, not just handing out, like, uh, you know, discipline to them, not just putting someone in detention. But you're actually trying to heal the root of that problem um, and then make it better going forward. That's the move. What you got, dude? Texting people? Uh, yes. It's all right if you are. I mean, nope, I text gotta... away. I'm going to take a drink. Take a drink. Um, our next classroom, or our classroom, ugh, our next question is coming from Classroom Confidential. He's asking, hey, Reynolds, how do you feel about the subject of grades during the pandemic? And do you think kids should be held back if they receive an F? That's from Topher. So, man, that's, first of all, can we just acknowledge this gentleman's picture? That's it's a great fantastic. picture. Um, this is a really interesting conversation right now, right? This is something that has like come up um, in school recently. And I think that there's no straight answer for this. And this is why. Do I think grades still matter? Yes, is the short of it. Do I think grades matter when we are not addressing other needs that our students are going through, through in this pandemic? Then... I don't think they matter as much. I think there's so much social emotional stuff that's happening for a lot of students. I think that the um, making kids do synchronous learning um, is problematic in a lot of areas. So like when I have seniors that can't come to class because they have to work, it's either I'm going to work or I'm going to go to school. And then they're failing because they can't, you know, be at Foot Locker uh, or Amazon um, at the same time that they're in school. But, you know, Mom's out of work. Dad's, you know, not working because their jobs got shut down by the pandemic. It's like there's there's other things here and we're not addressing those things. When I have a student that is learning in a bedroom with three other brothers that all sleep in the same bedroom because they have two sets of bunk beds. Everyone's learning on their bunk bed and their brothers. So they fight and argue and mess with each other all day. But now every time you unmute, I hear somebody cursing in the background, carrying on in the background. Um, making noise in the background, playing video games in the background, watching TV in the background. These do not create learning environments in which students can really strive because they have to pay attention. And this is the only 40 to 50 to 80 minutes that they're going to be able to see you and get this, get this information when I could have just recorded this and let you watch it later and then tell you a time that you could tune in to talk to me privately if you had questions or comments or anything like that. Like that just seems like a better move. 
But if we're not addressing those things, I think that that's a problem. I also think that there's an issue with grades right now. If we are not taking into account that the beginning of the school year, I think kids thought it was going to be easier. I think kids thought they would get a handle on it. I think there were a lot of ideas that students had that they hedged a bet and that bet might have got them a 30% or a 20%, but now are they screwed for the rest of the year because they made a mistake in the beginning of the year? So having grace for those students, but not just handing out points, not just bumping grades. It's like, let's make a plan going forward. It's, it is doing the painstaking work of talking to students and families and seeing what needs aren't being met. And then how can we as a school community meet some of those needs? It's not, we're not able to meet all of the needs, right? So like there are some things we're not going to be able to do, but it is showing that we're willing to have that conversation. And then when you understand again, where someone's coming from, I don't mind boosting the grade. I don't mind not letting like, like pushing off the project or saying, you know what, that, that assignment, don't even worry about it. Um, because our students are going through things that, you know, are, are difficult and, and it's not a level playing field. It's not the same classroom for everyone. I have some guys that come from a loving home that mom and dad got them a desk and a nice chair and they sit there and they have snacks when they need it and food when they need it. And then I have other guys that are going through it's hell. They're, they're, they're streaming in from the basement. Um, they're streaming in from their, their, you know, jacked up, uh, room that they live in with a whole bunch of other people or the, or the noise or mom and dad yelling in the background. Like there's, so yes, grades are important. Um, but they're not the only thing that's important. Um, and do I think a student should get left back this year? I do. Because if you are coming from a pretty good situation and like you've had all the, like I have reached out to kids to an extent that is far, far beyond what I usually do. And I have guys with the 2%, like 2% isn't, I am not understanding the content. 2% is like, bro, check it. You're not going to fail me. And I have guys that are telling me that they're like, you're not going to fail me. They're not going to fail me this year. And I'm thinking you're going to fail. Um, and, you know, to that end, I think there are certain grades in which it's okay for students to fail, right? So, like, statistics show that, um, especially, you know, so I teach black and brown boys. So, like, um, black males that fail ninth grade still have a really high, um, the, the possibility that they're going to graduate from high school, that percentage is still very, very high. If you fail 10th, 11th, or 12th grade uh, and stay back, the percentage drops drastically with each year. So 10th grade, it's a little bit lower. 11th grade, it's a little bit lower. 12th grade, do you tell a kid they got to repeat 12th grade? It's <clears throat> basically a wrap. Like, so it's figuring that out before um, we get to that, to that place. So that's, that's a little bit, there's, you know, a lot more I would say. Are you changing, you're changing my tags on the bottom here? Edie did. Good work. All <laughs> no, right. Edie did it, Bobby. Us. I don't think she meant to. We're like a full on morning show where I'm basically the only person that talks. Oh gosh. Okay, uh, Rain Hail Storm <clears throat> 2 is asking, I have mixed grades, 11 and 12 geography. How would you approach teaching them? Choose a common choose a common core concept or skill and teach whole class, then break into grade appropriate activities or whatever you're suggesting. Um, <laughs> There's your question. So we don't know if they're if they're virtual or no 
Um, I So even if you're not virtual, I think that my, my suggestion would be that it's always about getting to know your students and what's going to work best for them. That there's no one size fits all model because, and, and the reason I, I stress that is because if you have the same thing next year, uh, that's, that group of students could be drastically different than this group of students, right? So I, some years, kids are just like, I'll come in and I'm like juggling fire and I got music on and we're going to do something. We're getting out of our seats. We're going down the hall. We're going to go in the dining hall or the basement or down the street or in the field or under the steps or the bleachers or, you know, we're like doing things and moving and there's lots going on. And then other years, you know, and kids love that, right? There are years that kids love that. And then other years, or either other periods of the day, kids are just like, no, why are we, why are I going to do all this? They're Can't face you just to face. Face to face. Mm -hmm. Okay. So students will think like, can you just give me the work? Can I just do the work and we just get it done? Or <clears throat> some years groups work great. And for some kids, they don't. So even within the same class, sometimes I have dudes doing group work and sometimes I have guys doing individual work. Sometimes I have groups of four and sometimes there's groups of two. Sometimes um, these students over here are creating some kind of video project and other times these students are doing a writing project. It's about figuring out how your students best learn and what's gonna help them find the most success and then steering the class that way. Now, here's the thing. You can't do that for every kid all the time, right? I have kids that will be doing a project, creating some kind of piece of art or, video content or whatever, and they just want the book. But when 90% of the class is going to mostly lean this way, bro, you're going to have to figure it out sometimes. Like sometimes kids need to be stretched. It, you know, <clears throat> differentiating instruction isn't just about figuring out what you're going to like. It's about figuring out what you're needing. And so um, I think that that's, you know, it's, it's, Get, getting a gauge for each period and feeling like, okay, how can we best work right now? So I'd say 11 and 12th graders from, in my experience, <clears throat> you can do a lot more conversations with them. You can have a lot more deeper level thinking. The attention span is a bit stronger, especially if you can get cell phones out of their hands. Uh, so maybe like having guests come in, having someone talk about geography in a way that's actually really cool. Um, thinking about like YouTube channels that like with folks that like, uh, I'm just thinking of like fun for Louie who travels all over the world and goes to all these cool places. Like that would be a really fun way. I think to, to study that as well. And also meet your students like where they are, uh, because they're 11th and 12th grade, they're getting ready for college and college is a lot of conversation. So there's that piece of it as well. So that, that's, that's what I would say. Next. Okay, Sophia is asking, I'm a senior music education major. I will be student teaching in the fall, and this will most likely be my first time in a classroom. I have not, I have not observed at all. Any advice on the situation? Um, <clears throat> let me see. So, the, the observing can be useful but I don't know is a hundred percent necessary. It depends on where you're observing. So like, is it going to be in a place that's similar to the place that you're going to teach? Then yeah, that's great. Um, but like, if you're not, you know, there's things you can take from that. I would say 
if you can't observe now, observe when you teach. As often as possible, sit in on other people's classes and teachers like are mostly thrilled. I I've, I don't think I've ever been told by someone that they didn't want me to observe them. And I've never been observed by someone that made me feel weird about wanting to do it. So it wasn't someone that was like, oh yeah, oh sure, you can come in and observe my class. And it doesn't have to be the whole thing. So your first year of teaching, there's tons of work to do all the time. It is a never ending amount of work. And that's basically for the rest of your teaching career. However, <clears throat> you can sit in for the first 10 minutes. You can come in in the middle. You can show up for the last 10 minutes and just get a glimpse and see what do you think they do well? What do you think they not what don't they do well? What would you change if you were in their situation? Um, it's, it just starts giving you this, like a better sense of what's going on in those 10 minute increments. So, you know, I, I just think that that brings a lot of value and it will bring a lot of value because especially if you're observing students that you teach as well, then to see what they look act like in someone else's class. So like sometimes you see someone and they really behave in someone else's class, but in your class, they're, you know, unhinged uh, or vice versa, or someone that's really quiet in your class. And they don't ever say anything and they look really shy and meek, but then you see them in math class and they have exploded because math is their jam or they're around a different set of kids and that unlocks, you know, who they are. It unlocks their personality a bit. I think that that's what I would do the most. And then I think the other thing, um, if I throw this John up here real quick too, is, uh, oh, oh, sorry. So either way. Uh, is the Facebook group is a really great place. You know, if you go into the Facebook group and make an announcement and say, hey, I'm going to teach music for the next first time next year, who teaches music? You're going to get descended upon by music teachers from all over the world and they can really help you. I think no, no one can help you like someone that is, you know, has been in your shoes before. So that's, that's what I would try. All right, next question comes from our buddy Maisha. Um, how, how would you address administration when there is a person or a group of people, um, who are reporting to administration about what's happening on your Facebook page? Ooh, a coworker was on Facebook market, I guess, and someone reported, I guess, something it's kind of vague, but do you get the question? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, is it a bad, first thing of all, if people don't know Maisha Hutchinson, she's a fantastic human being. I just want everyone to know that. Um, I, you know, it depends. I, I think, you know, this is another one of those things that there's like no straight answer for because it's going to be nuanced. It's nuanced because if you were on Facebook and you were venting about the school day, if you were venting about, you know, teacher pay, if you're venting about, um, you know, something that's just like your opinion, your frustration, you are sharing it with your community. That's one thing. Two, is it private uh, or is it public? So like my Facebook account, my private Facebook account is um, not public unless we're doing this show, I think. I think I've fixed it that way. If not, it will be remedied. Um, because I don't want people to have access to everything. Now, I don't talk about anything kind of e even remotely racy on, on any of my platforms, but I do have pictures of my kids. I have pictures of me when I was younger. Like, I, it's stuff that, like, I, it doesn't mean, yeah, like, 
what it is is access to photos of people that don't like I signed up for this. I signed up to be the internet guy. Uh, my family didn't, my aunts and uncles didn't, my grandma didn't like, you know, my grandma barely knows what the hell I'm doing on, on YouTube. So it is that I don't want people to have access to that because I, those folks didn't sign up for that. That being said, um, if someone's doing bong hits on their Instagram, like, I don't know, man, like that's a little, like, even if it's a closed, even if it's just your private people, uh, I don't know if that comes up i don't know if someone is uh you know spouting that they are you know a white supremacist or they're they're celebrating the people that got arrested at the capitol building like i don't like this is something that should probably be reported right like you know i'm not even say i'm like saying that almost sarcastically like, this is something that should be reported something that people should know about um because you're sort of sort of showing this underbelly of you. And if that doesn't align with what we're doing as a school community, then, then that could be a problem. Now, if I just don't like what's going on at school, like I think you just have to be smart because, you know, I, I don't, even though look on here, I've said any number of times, like things I don't believe that my school is doing or that I don't like, or that I don't appreciate, or that I think they're doing the wrong thing. Um, but that, I think that's different than just like, talking badly then just if you're like just crapping on someone then like um what i'm trying to get around is the word shit talking right if you're shit talking then i don't know i think then that's that's different but there's an amendment to that i guess there's sure. been a two-part and i don't i don't get them got it because i'm multitasking um it says a co-worker was on facebook market during the school hours little did the, the reporters know um was that it was a shared account between her and her husband's. So I guess someone tattled on yeah. someone. And That's just stupid. It wasn't That's even dumb. The that changed my answer. My other answer was still a good one. I'm going to stay with that. But this is, bro, what are you doing on Facebook? And what, do you, what are you up in my business for? What if I'm in between classes? What if I'm having lunch? What if I'm on my prep? Like, I can do whatever I want on my prep. I'm, and someone telling me I can't go on Facebook or Instagram or anything else. I can do whatever I want. Um would you address the administration like in I, because that's what she's asking essentially is like how would you address the administration when there's a person or a group of people reporting to the administration i just ask like what they're sweating like like look i know there are certain things in my school that i that aren't even in like the teacher handbook right so i, I part of this is like what's in your teacher handbook then like does it say you're not allowed to be on social media because are you not allowed on your phone like what do you like? Here's 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 the problem with this. There, there's two things wrong with this. One, if we could please just treat teachers like they're actual professionals until they show us otherwise. Got it. I check my Facebook feed a million times a day, Instagram feed a million times a day, just because that's what I do when I'm at school. I don't do it while I'm teaching class. I don't do it while I'm helping Tim figure out how to write a an essay. Um, I'm not doing it when Joe and I are having like a heavy, deep, real conversation. And I'm like, yeah, bro, come on. Tell me about your, so your parents are getting divorced. Yeah. Word. And I'm checking my Instagram. No, I'm checking it when I have a moment. Um, when I'm talking to a friend in the hallway and they ask me about something or I just mindlessly take out my phone, like there's moments for it that are okay. And you know why I know they're okay? Because I'm a professional and I show up every day to do the best job that I possibly can. So if you want to dog me that I was on Facebook marketplace, like 
don't because what if I'm looking up something for school? What if I'm looking up something and I don't want to forget it? So it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me just put this like on my mind. I do this all the time where I open up certain apps to remind me that I need to go to Target later and get like a pickup to remind me <clears throat> that I need to hit up BJ's uh, after the live feed today because Brody ran out of apples and kid could eat like 97 apples a day if he, if he really, if he was loud. Um, yeah, I think that that's dumb. Um, and just, I would just ignore those people. Cause I, you know, but what I was going to say was even with YouTube, like I have an agreement with my school that I don't record YouTube videos during the school day it is thought of as the way it was described to me is this is sacred time. Um, now I do take out my camera and get B roll sometimes or record like something a kid is doing. That's different to me, but I'm not standing there like chopping it up, having a show in class or something like that. All right. You can, Taylor is up next and he wants to come on live. All right. All awesome. Ready. Taylor, here we go. I hope I don't. I did. I, I can, no, I use. I like that I can chat. see him, so I don't. I can make sure that he's not mid chew. Well, no, I can. I I comment. So the private chat on the oh, on our it? sidebar works for people who are waiting in the restream. So I said, "Hey, Taylor, up next." And he said, "Yeah." And now we know. What's up, man? How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Feels cool to be on here. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm Fancy. glad you're here. So, dude, you have your you have your own head behind you on the wall. What, yeah, yeah. It? I use it for meetings every now and then. It's pretty fun. <laughs> Great idea. I love it. I love it. Um, what's going on? What can I help you with? We're going to talk. Well, first of all, where are you? Uh, where are you beaming in from? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm from, and I'm beaming in from South Lake Tahoe, California, my hometown actually. And um, I teach uh, English for sop sophomore and freshman, and this is my very first year. It's been a really fun, interesting year. Awesome. And um, this semester that I'm in, I teach a four by four system. I'm not sure. If that's common everywhere else, but um, I teach a four by four. And that means we have a group of students for half the year and then they rotate out and again, another group of students half the year. And it went okay, um, better than I expected, but I had students doing some reviews about how they felt about distance learning and how they feel like they can improve. And then I had the last question was, what do they wish that I did better? And I had one of my students who's very quiet. I have my heroes in class that chat the storm and communicate with me but one of my students said i wish that you could have done more things to make everyone feel more comfortable to speak in class and so that's my question for you do you have any tips or strategies or skills to help students feel more comfortable speaking class so is this virtual or are you in person or hybrid what's, what's your model look like right now yeah yeah um so i'm teaching virtual right now and um i i realize there's a lot of things going on just like from the previous question you had like there's lots of things not being addressed and it's not an easy question, but I still want and need to do something more, I feel. So, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a great question. So I think it all comes down to, I think student participation is based on student confidence. So the kid that read last night, my man wants to answer all the questions because he read and he, you know, I did it. I read the scarlet letter and now I can answer all the questions in class. But the kid that didn't, it doesn't have the confidence to say anything because they know they don't have the answer. Sometimes I think, you know, I remember being in ninth grade. I went through this phase where uh, I didn't talk in school at all. I didn't want to make friends because I felt like no one cares what I'm thinking about anyway. Like, why would anyone care? I'm just, I'm nobody. And there, there was a lot of bullying. I, like, I mean, I went to like the worst school in South Jersey uh, in early 90s. And it was a rough place. But then that's how it left me feeling. If a teacher, if I knew a teacher liked me, thought I was funny. But what I was saying was interesting, that would have changed everything. So it's about 
when you're in the midst of it, finding those students that fly under the radar and trying to find some way to let them know that they are important. And that can look like a lot of different ways. It can look like saying it out loud. It can look like addressing someone and asking them to share. But a lot of times it starts even quieter than that. It is uh, saying like, Yo, Tim, real quick, before you leave, come talk to me real quick. You're not in trouble. I always say that because everyone always thinks you're in trouble, right? Like, am I in trouble? Uh, it is, come here. Um, and then just saying like, hey, I just want you to know that like, I appreciate you coming to class every day. Um, and, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just glad that you're here. It could be, hey, look, uh, we don't get to talk that much in class real quick. I have three quick questions for you and that's it. One, what's your favorite TV show that you're watching right now? Um, two, if you go home from school, what is your immediate snack that you would like to have every single day? And three, like, what's a, what video game are you into right now? So then it can even be one of those things, right? But what you're doing is you're not asking teachery questions, like what's your favorite subject? What sport do you play after school? Like that's like average parents say that stuff all the time, you know, like how's school going? You know, are you playing sports? But asking someone like uh, something that's not necessarily silly, but it's still important to them and like leveling with them right there, that gives them a space to talk about something that they're already confident about. So if they're like, yo, you know, um, I don't know, like Call of Duty is my jam right now, Cold War. And oh, really? Well, why? Like, what do you like about that game? And then, you know, giving them that space to talk about that stuff. Then when they show up for class, it gives you that time and space to, to have those larger conversations, to let them be seen. Also, I think putting kids in groups, strategic groups, and then sitting in with those groups when they're meeting. So that could be in a breakout room. It could be in person. Um, but you are entering into those groups and, and talking about stuff with them. And I think that that can build confidence as well, uh, especially if you give kids jobs so like sometimes um not everyone likes this terminology but i don't know another name for it um but like making kids the devil's advocate right this is something i love doing in school where it's like your job is to just disagree with everyone all day like i want you to be the one that pushes back because we're going to learn how to have better arguments your job is to um record everything write stuff on the board um you know you're giving them a thing to do that maybe talk speaking aloud isn't their jam but creating, but participating in another way is something that they're going to be able to do. I think that that's kind of stuff really helps. Um, yeah. And then you build it from there. Like that's how I build like eating lunch with kids, eating breakfast with students, having, you know, back when Game of Thrones was on, it was like Game of Thrones meetings every Monday to talk about Game of Thrones. If, if we were in school now, it would be every Monday talking about WandaVision. I know that's what every student would be talking about uh, and I would be talking about because that show makes zero sense to me still at this point. Um, I have to watch like three YouTube videos afterwards to just understand what I watched. But it, it you know, those little things um, help. Sometimes, this is the last thing I'll say, sometimes as educators and, and as just as people, I think we want to say like, all right, uh, if I want to lose weight, I have to go complete keto i gotta work out six seven days a week like i know that that's that's where i go but it's noticing that like very small changes sometimes have huge impacts especially on children who were invisible and now just doing little things to let them know that they're visible really helps gotcha
Awesome. Thank you for that. That's that's very helpful. I, I was taking notes. So I was paying attention. I just taking some notes. I mean, the good thing is this is all online and you can just beam, you can scrub back to where you are and, and see it again. So um, look, Lake Tahoe is beautiful, man. I went there once and I could not believe it was the most snow I ever saw in my life. Uh, and then you get to the lake and it's like, I don't know, it's just such a weird situation for me. Um, and like, I don't know, like a beautiful place in the world where you're like, wow, this really exists. There's like six feet of snow there, but now I'm like standing at the lake on the beach. And there's freaking no snow. And it's just like, this doesn't make sense in my brain. So yeah, it's been snowing all weekend so far. And we're going to, I think we're really going to have a really white winter. So that's good. That's all. Do you get, do you get off for snow or is it just like, they're like, no, we deal with this all the time. Typically we would, um, since we're in distance learning, no more snow days. That's not a thing anymore. But um, yeah, typically we'd have snow days if it's really bad. And then our school is like way up in the mountains, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, so I have a really good view of the mountains and everything. It's pretty cool. But um, driving up there and buses going in and out, it's, it's not a fun time if there's tons of ice everywhere. Yeah, I hear you. Well, look, man, I appreciate it, Taylor. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for hanging out in the waiting room till, till you could pop in here. It was, it was nice to talk with you. Definitely. Thank you. Have a great one. Peace. Who's up next? James Pete. Mm -hmm. Captain James Pete. What up, Pete? What's up, man? Captain. I like that. <laughs> Captain James. I like that. Two things before I ask my question. Number one, I don't know if anybody knows this. I just bought this, by the way, on Kindle. You have a book. Nice. I I don't know if I don't know if I've talked about this enough. I do. I have a book called TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now available. Um, yeah. <laughs> I literally, I'm like, I don't have any, I bought two of them, one for my student teacher. I've been giving it to her, but I forgot to bring it today. So I'm like, I want to show this book so I can make everybody drink. But uh, so I just bought it on Kindle. So now I bought it three times. That's number one. Number two, it's occurred to me as I'm kind of listening to everybody and listening to the advice you're giving. Don't you think that right in the moment, this stinks? Like we're trying to figure everything out. And I think sometimes as teachers, like we learn after we learn. And let me explain. Like we learn how to do it better when we make mistakes. And it feels like this year is forcing us all to just make a thousand mistakes. Don't you think that a year from now, a year from now, we're going to be as teachers in this place where we can't get any lower is not maybe the best word, but. A year from a year from now, don't you feel like rock bottom? <laughs> don't you feel like we're just going to be in a better place a year from now because of all of these insane things that we're having to do? That we're going to start siphoning these insane things into our toolbox so that we become better teachers. I think it depends on your ability to pivot in the moment. So you know, I've uh, I once went to a spiritual director that told me um, we were talking about depression. And he was like, he goes like this. Oh, I love getting depressed. I go, for what? Like, <laughs> like I, okay. <laughs> Why? And he's like, because I always know that I'm going to grow. I always know that there's something for me to learn. And that if I look for the, the moment of growth, if I look for the, the, the pivot point, then I will gain something from this. But that if I don't, then I'm just crushed by it. Right. So it's, you know, you look at, folks that go through awful, awful things in their lives. Um, I've had students have lived through like unspeakable horrors, but
but then some kids come out and they are now helping students that were like them when they were younger. They are working with, you know, at-risk teens or working with young moms or working with um, registered sex offenders when they get out of, of high school. But that comes out of, that's because they were able to take their hurt and transform it into something that was going to be proactive instead of destructive. And, you know, and then other folks aren't. Some people are just going to hate this and they hate that we have to use computers. And why do we take attendance online? Why are my grades online? Why can't I just use my old grade book? And it's like, bro, because the world changed. Like if we can pivot and grow with that stuff and look, even if your situation's not good, like our, I, all I will say right now is that my situ- educational situation is is kind of a train wreck right now. It's for a disaster. A, for a lot of different reasons, and I can't like that's more for a private conversation. But <laughs> you know, um, I just refuse to let it have my joy. Like I get pissed off. I have days, or or like I had a couple days last week where I really on Thursday and Friday I just gave like pretty easy work to students, and I was like, look, here's the work. You got to just go do it by yourself because um, I need a break. School was too much. Business was too much. Jen, I got uh, food poisoning last week and then was sick for like still not 100%. It was like too, the world was too much, man. And so I just needed a moment for a breath, but I'm okay with that. Then I go back in tomorrow and I'm fine and things keep going on because I just decided that they don't get to have my joy. Not, not for any extended period of time, right? Uh, that someone can punch you and take your breath away, but it's your choice if you just stop breathing, right? Like, it, it, like you have to keep going after that. So that's my hope, though, man. I my hope is that people are learning new things, figuring stuff out, trying technologies. I know tons more than I knew not even a year ago about how to engage kids in a virtual space. That I wonder, how can I use this when I go back, man? I, well, that's. I think you just answered my bigger question too, because I think. I've noticed not only in my building, but in on the Facebook page and in our chat the other day that it seems like teachers are feeling like, like you were just describing, like everything's happening at home and it's just overfilled their cup. And I think everybody needs to find their, their, their not, not let them take away the joy. And, and when I say them, I mean, whatever it is. And I think, you know, I, I, that's kind of the message that I, I needed to hear because man, on Friday, I was like, 22 years and, and I've kind of done it all. And I'm excited about some of the things I'm doing right now because it's just new and it's different. And I know it's going to make me better, but oh my gosh, my daughter's going to be going to college soon. My son's going to be going to college soon. I need to see my wife and I, she lives in another state and it just, but not letting it take away your joy, man. That's, that's the, another shirt, put that on a crop and I'm buying it today. So, um, that brings up a good Jeez, point, but I really, uh, I really need a picture, even if it's private, whatever. <laughs> a crop top oh, picture. Oh. You've said it too much now. <laughs> All right, I don't know. Chris, Chris was talking about the pink boots and the crop, so Love that it. might be that might be better than me. <laughs> so I have two things to say about that, real quick. One is, um, you brought up a really good point. Before I make my joke, but you brought up a good point, which was on Friday. It's not that I didn't want to hang out with everyone. I didn't want to do anything. I was so exhausted that I was like, dude, I literally want to drink a beer, watch a bad Jason Stratham movie and just chill. Like, that's all I want to do. And, but I knew I was like, all right, I have to go have a meeting with Edie first. Then we're going to do this test. I got to make sure everything works. But then the meeting, but I knew 
I knew in my head that seeing everyone was going to be so life-giving that I was going to feel better. So I could either numb it now on Friday, or I could lean into it, go to the place that I know that I need to go with the people that I know are going to make me feel good about hanging out with them and stuff. And then that just changes everything. So some of it is when you don't want people to steal your joy, it's not, you're not just like putting your foot down. It's putting your foot down and then still going to the gym. If you know that that's what brings you happiness, that putting on the right kind of music, that changing your activity, hanging out with the right people, because that's stuff that can breathe life into you. So it's not just not doing something. It's also making sure you're still doing all the other stuff. And then that, that sometimes doing something isn't more it's, it's, better you know you know it's not adding on to it it's just making everything a little bit better so yeah yeah so and then with the crop top so finds i used so several co-teachers ago i had this guy finds that had like this big gnarly beard he's this huge human being um but he's my man's rotund and so i thought about getting him to wear the crop top so i was gonna have two pictures on the website and that was like Cause Jenna was like, Oh, we need someone like cute. And we were like thinking of friends that we have that are like, that's when you thought of me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and then, but to have like, then the opposite of like my guy, Ed finds with his hairy belly sticking out of the bottom of it. I'm like, this is hilarious. I just am like, this is, I don't know what the marketing does. I don't know that any marketer in the world would say this is a good idea, but I have grown up with too much nonsense. <laughs> well, hey, man, I don't want to take up any more of your time. As it's Appreciate a pleasure it. as always, Jenny. Hey, I know you're over there. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll talk to you All soon. Right, man, I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Um, to that end, wife, I will say to people that. Uh, there you go. You know, all this time later, merch is now available. That the, well, the, the book is on sale right now, actually, on, on Amazon. Amazon. But merch is now available on the website. They can get shirts. Official, you can buy finally. hands on a stick. You can buy <laughs> microphones. You can buy mugs. You can buy all kinds of stuff. Um, and that's exciting because it just has been. It took a long, it was a long convoluted process. Ridiculous process. Yeah. Yeah. But all that stuff, you can go right to realrapwithreynolds.com if you want to get stuff. Or if you know a teacher, you have a, uh, someone that you think could benefit from that i don't know students send them a sticker (laughs) okay well so we have our next question comes from amy russell she says i am heartbroken just said goodbye to my college kid what is the best way to teach in the midst of raw emotional rawness um hmm. i think you know amy when I get sad, I, I get sad every year when students leave. There are students that leave our school that I'm I'm not sad. I'm like I rejoice. Um, but they're own college kid. Yeah, but I think, yeah, but that's the only thing I have to kind of relate oh, to it, right? I think that it is when I lose students, like when Cephas went to college, when Cheesesteak left, when DJ Dirty Kev, like. There's, there are some kids that are so close to my heart that um, when Romina, like Romina graduated and was so, Romina is the, the girl that wrote the forward to the book. Um, she's so dear to my heart for a million reasons. And then she went to Syracuse University and had no car. So like, we just like didn't see her for four years. It's remembering that 
We got random phone calls from her when she needed us. Oh, yeah, like when she was, or when she, she was inebriated and just like, <laughs> right <"Rattles."> um, <laughs> I'm 21! It's my birthday! And I'm like, oh, girl, we're ending this call now. Um, it's remembering that these are long-term relationships. And that's not every time that something ends, is it the worst? Like, I think back to, you know, I just was listening to something the other day where, uh, a guy that I was listening to being interviewed asked his mom, what was my, what was the favorite age that you ever had me at? Like, was it like when I was an infant, when I was four, 10, you know, what, what was the favorite age? And she goes, Oh, it's whatever age you are now. And he was like, no, no, really. And she goes, no, I've just like, I always love you more for who you are right now than for anyone you've ever been before. And I love that because it allows you to kind of like be in that present moment to have hope that like the good days aren't behind you and that, that, you know, what's coming up is there. Now, I will say that I did hear a study that between up until age at your when you turn 18, you have for most folks that like have grown up in a house with like both their parents and stuff like that. At 18, you have seen your parents 80% of the time that you're ever going to see them in your life. So the so like, if you think about that, like you've lived with them up until you were 18. And then when you move out and go away, but that is just a statistic that, you know, what, what I was listening to that brought that up was I get to make the decision. I get to make the decision how much I'm going to see my, my own children from here on out. I get to make the decision on how much I'm going to see old students that leave and go and graduate and, and go on to lives that it is, I play a role in this also that I'm not just a victim that I can send my kid things in school that I can call them, that I can visit them, that I can create a space at our home that like when our kids want to, when my son wants to come back from college, does he want to bring his friends with him and they can stay here because it's a great place and we create a great space for them to, to meet and to live and to eat and to talk about stuff and listen to music. And like, how am I being proactive about what's going on and being on the offense instead of just on the defense um i think that feeling bad is natural like i and i look i'm not at that age yet like i have a few more years until my kids well until they would go to college but i don't think my son's i think my basically my son's gonna be will farrell from wedding crashers he's just gonna live in my house for the rest Stop of his it. life no, and he's not. yell meatloaf when he's hungry um but even with that being said it is uh i, I think that it's it's just trying to create that space of knowing that it's not over. This isn't, this didn't finish. Um, and how much you're going to have to talk about when you see one another again and how much they're going to grow and change and be, you know, grow into the people that you have started to groom them to become right. It's so exciting. So I think that that's, you know, I don't, I don't know if that helps because I think I'll also just cry a lot when my kids leave. Oh my gosh, yes, a hundred percent. But so I think that I think the question dog. is really just being honest with your students. Like like always. Yeah. Uh well I mean, oh, so you're talking about like when you go show back up to school and you yeah. feel raw and emotional? Yeah. Always. Like my grandma died, I told my students when my grandma was sick and she was in hospice for ever. Um, it was being honest with my students. It's when, you know we've had stuff go on like with your health in the past. Like I don't have to tell them every single thing that's going on and be like, actually my wife had a miscarriage because of this, this, and this happened. It's like, look, we're going through something really difficult as a family right now. Um, and it has to do around loss. I'm not really going to share all that with you right now because it's not my place to share our business. 
but it's being honest and open with your students to an extent because what you're doing there, I think, is you're giving your students a gift. You're giving them the gift to be able to practice empathy, um, to be able to practice sympathy, to, to be able to practice what it looks like to take care of someone or be there for someone. Um, and when you're young, adults don't always, they try and hide things from kids all the time. Instead of letting them be a part of the conversation, we hide things from them. And I think that's that that's to the detriment of our, of our kids and their development. So I think it's good to include them in, in what you're going in through too. What you got, buddy? Oh, you're just over here messaging people. I'm trying people. to text Lauren Green. Oh, all right. Because <laughs> well, that's what she said. Because that's what Jenna Ineed looks like. <laughs> Pretty much. That is good. Um, what did I do? Oh, wait, that was Amy, Amy, our friend oh, Amy I Russell. Me. I was already ready, and I didn't even know. I don't it. think I realized Amy Russell had a college-aged child. I don't. Maybe because I only saw Wylan in the video that time, and like, I just, I don't know. Why I just assumed. Allie is asking any interview advice. I'm a one, I'm a one-year master's in creden credentialing program, and will earn my credential having only taught remote on Zoom. Um, first of all, Allie, I would say that that's a very professional-looking profile picture. I like, I, I, I don't know why I like people's. Oh, profile I love pictures looking at people's profile pictures. Yeah, it's like everybody, that. you know, they're selective. Most people are like selective on what picture they put up, or they're just like, nah, so, I'm not putting one up, or it's like. Yeah, you know, like the egghead or just like, or it's just like your letter of, <laughs> of whatever it is. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, that's a great picture. So, Allie, I think that, first of all, let me just say um, congratulations on getting closer and closer to like having a job that like all this work that you've been paying money to do. Now you'll get work and you'll get paid something for it. And that's amazing. Like when you get a job, I just I didn't never forget. I remember standing in the hallway. I was doing a bulletin board with my wife for Spanish history month. And, um, they came back then, but it was before I had direct deposit cause they, cause we were too new and like, they couldn't set up fast enough. So they gave me a check. I remember standing in the hallway and opening that check for some embarrassing low amount of money that I was getting paid at the time, but still thinking like, damn, like student teaching, I did this for free. Like now I'd like, I like literally just got a check for doing what I'm doing. And that, was so unbelievable to me. So look, I think when you're to your question, when you go in for interviews, there's a couple of things that really matter. And I do have a video on this. If you go onto my YouTube channel and you go up to the search bar at the top on my channel, not just the giant YouTube search bar, there's a uh, little magnifying glass after like the about and videos and all that stuff. Um, if you click there and type in interview, there's like a couple of videos that'll pop up to help you. Uh, so one of the things is when you show up, um, do a little bit of research ahead of time. Have a sense of like what the school is about, where you're teaching, what their needs are, what they what their wins have been, what um, some places that you might be able to see yourself like participating. So it's like, do you play field hockey? Um, have you wrestled before? Do you love culinary? And you're like, oh, I'd love to be like part of your culinary program or run this after school program or I have, you know, what are the resources you bring? Who do you know? Who can you have come in and speak? What kind of trips do you dream about taking? Because you know somebody at, you know, Princeton University, or you know somebody at the Science Museum downtown, and so you'd love to incorporate that into your curriculum and some of the things that you do. Like, what you want to do is, like, show up and show your cards as to this is why I am a good um I, I'm a good candidate to be a part of your community, one. Two, knowing something about, hey, look, before we even get started, 
I saw that you guys won the football championship last year. Like, it must have been so exciting. That's really great. You're showing someone that you already know about them instead of pretending that you don't. And the other thing is that that shows that I think is really important is that you are actually interested in this, right? This interviews are too often thought of as like speed dating, right? Where you are showing up and it's like, let's just see if this is compatible and then, um, you know, see if I can hook up or, or if I can just get a date or whatever. But it's like, no, if you show up with actual genuine interest, um, that's okay. That's a good idea because what you're showing the school is that you care and that you can see yourself being a part of this community. Um, that's important. I think the other piece is uh, having questions for them. Like think about things that you're interested in that are important to you as an educator and wondering where they stand. How many classes do you all teach? How long are teacher preps? Um, would I have my own classroom? Would I be teaching with someone? Do I get, would I be working with a co-teacher in this particular position? Would I, uh, you know, you know, fill in the blank, um, have I, like, are there like teacher duties that are put on top of teachers and what do those look like? So you're getting a full sense of what you're going to be walking into. So you know, if it's a good fit for you, interviews are not just about a school interviewing you. It's also about Allie interviewing the school. And so be prepared for that because, you know, if you go on a date with someone, they don't just talk to you and tell you about them the whole time and ask, you know, but it, the conversation, that was weird. The conversation has to go both ways. So you can both see if this is a good fit um, for the both of you. And the last thing I would say is this, <clears throat> everybody is nervous when they're going into an interview for the first time, but nervous energy feels a lot like excited energy. So sometimes when I'm nervous, I just tell myself that I'm just excited and that's that kind of like trick can, can, sh you know, shake my brain a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's, that's just a few things. So good luck to you. Uh, that's a really exciting space to be in. Next question is coming from meatball Molly 33. Well, thank you. You're finally here. Meatball Molly. That's a great screening. She says, math, my students aren't fluent in math facts. I teach fourth. How do I teach these abstract ideas seeing they don't have their facts down? Ah. Um, first of all, that's another great uh Somebody was just um, commenting in the Facebook group. Um, someone asked a question regarding Russian math, which I didn't know was a thing. Like, what is Russian math? And so then the whole conversation went towards like... Um, like timed math and knowing arithmetic versus like math yeah. like problem solving. It was really interesting conversation for me to read as a homeschool um, mom. You know, so I don't, I, my, my guess would be that there's, you have, they have to know the pre before they know the post. Sometimes you can trick yourself. Like I'm learning piano right now. I just learned on YouTube. I don't know anything about like reading. I know very little about reading music and stuff. It's probably a really crucial element if I want to go forward as a musician. Um, but right now I just look it up on YouTube and I memorize what I'm supposed to do. And then I just play songs. So, um, but that being said, I, this is one that I'm going to turn to the group. And so look, uh, math teachers, if you're not paying attention, cause you're talking to James, Pete and Tracy Pinter and stuff in there, <laughs> if you teach math and your students aren't where they need to be, how do you help them to get to where they need to be? So what would you do if you're uh, if you're Meatball Molly and your students aren't fluent in math facts, but that they need to learn a little bit more like, con you know, 
abstract stuff. So I'm, I'm thinking about the other day when we were talking about how math is this interesting thing because it, it, builds. it builds on one another. Right. That if, if you, you don't, don't know facts, addition, subtraction, division, multiplication, then you can't do equations. Then you can't do like fractions. Then you yeah. can't do like there's certain things you can't do because it builds on one another. So for three, does math facts, are you talking about like mostly multiplication? As a, my, my kids both have uh, struggled with like working memory. Um, so when we switched to homeschool, I double backed and worked on math facts, but we used a program. It's actually called times tales and it uses that mnemonic, like mnemonic. I don't know how you mnemonic. say it. Yeah. Like, like songs and visuals yeah. with the facts. Time tales. You can get it as a really cheap download. I know teachers shouldn't have to spend their own money, but you can get it really, really cheap. And then work it to your advantage. But I say times tales is awesome for memorizing math, math facts. Yeah. So, um, and then it, this is a really good one too, Molly, if you haven't gone to, or Meatball, I'm not sure, maybe Molly's the made up part and Meatball's your real name. <laughs> um, I feel like the Facebook group would be a really good one to go into for this also. Uh, it's just Real Rapid Reynolds teacher talk on Facebook. Uh, if you're not a part of the group, it's worth, it's literally worth having a Facebook account just so you can be a part of the group. And then drop that in there and I guarantee you get like 30 responses from people that will help you. So although I don't have the answer to that because I, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm terrible at math. And uh, it's just not a way that my brain works. I always like love and feelings. Well, so me too, which better. is why. Um, you like love and feelings? No, math I'm talking about. Um, which hey, is why teaching our kids math is I'm like, uh, maybe we should get a tutor. When you were just talking <laughs> about your kids, I just thought. They sound really nice. You must have really great kids. I do. You should meet them one day. I should. Okay. How's their father? Is he handsome? Uh, he's all right. <laughs> he's kind of a jerk sometimes. <laughs> I think he's more of an idiot than anything. <laughs> all right. I'm trying to find our next question in the comment section, which I will Will just... you take your time? No, we can't. We're already past oh, our time. Oh, we are. And I told okay. Edie that 10 after. So... Sani, um, so the next question is, is the next question. Um, I will be student teaching starting February and I will be teaching seventh graders. What strategies can I use to make remote learning more engaging? I, so engagement, I, here, here's the thing. I think that right now, um, Sani, that, a lot of us are so burnt out. You don't want to do, you don't want to go above and beyond you and students too. You're just like, you're just like basically like so many teachers show up to class like this. All right. Uh, yo bro, open up the do now it's in there. Um, and we're going to get started in a minute, but it is anything that you can do to have fun, to make it weird, to make it like, to make someone say, what is Reynolds doing right now? Or like, I'll just teach a lesson and I just do this. And then I just keep moving this alien around or doing something dumb or pulling out my microphone or like, I have all this weird crap around me. I have a lot of, a lot of hands. I don't know why this is a theme in my life. There's hands on a stick. There's these hands. There's, you know, my chopstick hands that I have. There's um, my, magic eight ball that I have near me. There's a lobster claw that I think Brody must have, I think Brody walked off with it. Oh, he did. I, I have robot arms. I have all kinds of stuff. I have suitcases filled with crap that is literally 
just to make kids go, what in the world are you doing? And sometimes that's enough for me to get your attention. And then I can tell you something that's important and you're going to remember it, or I'm going to explain it in a way, or have a video that explains it, or do something that's going to create um, this, this space where you're not sure what's coming up next. Now, here's the problem with that. Sometimes kids are going to push back. Sometimes kids don't like weird. Sometimes they don't think they like weird. Sometimes they're too, they'll tell you that you're bored or you're corny or you're, this is stupid or like you're a grown ass man. Why do you have an alien action figure? Cause I went to Roswell bro. And that's what they sell in Roswell. And so, sorry. Um, do you want an alien action figure also? So it's, you know, it is, I think that one thing you can think about is how, what is in you. Maybe you're not the same. Maybe you don't have a whole thing of hands next to you. Um, but what do you have? What do you like? Do you really like music that the students like? Do you really like art that the students might like? Do you really like, like, what is it that you have? Maybe it's video games, maybe it's whatever it is. It's bringing that stuff to, to class to help bridge the gap. Um, and I think the second thing is really being mindful. I think that the thing that young teachers are not taught that is so crucial is this. Sometimes when we are given the thing that we wanted the most, right? So the classroom, the job, the coaching position, the after-school program, the um, you got into this because you wanted to teach the kids that like really didn't think they had another option that are really difficult. When we don't have shoulders to carry that that level of work, it crushes us, right? What you have to do is work on your confidence your ability to balance in life, your ability to um, be strong in the in midst of adversity. Because when we can do that, then that's what allows you to show up to school every single day and you're carrying around this stuff or you're walking around the hallway looking like a doof or doing something silly or, or having the confidence even to just walk up and talk to a kid that's mean mugging you from across the hallway. Um, it's when we can build that, that part of ourselves and have the strength to carry the burden that teaching sometimes has, then that is a place that you really start to shine and you really can do. That's when I think you really become the teacher that you were called to be because you have, you have the, the swagger to handle the situation in the midst of things. What you got, Deuter? Uh, I got a question, but I'm trying to. How many more are we doing? Just, Just this last one. Cool. Um, we're gonna end on Miss Laura Green. <clears throat> Laura Green is asking, how do you measure how much time and energy, heart and soul you put into new dreams? There have been new dreams creeping into my head and life, and I'm feeling guilty, scared, and overwhelmed. Oh, that's such a good question. It is. Right? Because I, I think, um, I, I'm going to give you, I'm not even going to give you a theoretical answer. I'm going to give you the super real answer, Laura. So we started YouTube as a thing that we, it was just like a, kind of fun, like, you know, silly thing we did with the family. And then slowly we got like brand deals. And sometimes they were from weird things. It was like, we did that brand deal with the 3D insoles that they like, it was like, take a picture of your feet and we'll send you these 3D insoles. And like, you'll do, you'll make a video for us, but you'll get this product. Um, and then that grew to like things that were actually going to make money. Um, and then that grew to things that were like, companies were like, no, we'll pay you 
you know, thinking like a public school teacher where every single extra thing is free, right? Like I don't like do bus duty and get a couple extra bucks. It's not like, hey, we need you to cover a class today, but we'll give you $50 if you do it. Um, it's like you just are expected to go do it, to, to go clean up in the lunchroom, to, you know, whatever the hell happens. Like you're just expected to do it. There's no incentivizing it. Um, but in working for myself and having a company, that has turned into something that can make us money and really bridge gaps that we did not think we could bridge. So like potentially the idea that I could pay for private school for my son, um, that, that is what he needs, right? Like public school doesn't work and there's no other, like that, the short version is that is what he needs that I could pay for, um, medication that is needed in our family for, you know, I won't say who, no, I'm just playing. Um, that like, so what Brody's ADHD meds when he was in school, like that was a fortune. What, what do we pay? $250 a month for that or something crazy like that? Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> that is wild, that right? Quite, it was like to be able to meet those needs was so gratifying. Um, but then you come home at night. It's like, look, I used to come home at night and spend all my time planning lessons, doing stuff with students. Like that was my life. Real Rap with Reynolds comes along and people see, I mean, people see me at school. They know that, you know, they know that the book came out. They know that I'm selling merch. They know that I wear my merch. They know that I record after school in my classroom. They know that I record with the students. They see me on Instagram. They see me doing this stuff. And I, I won't say everyone, but there has definitely been a push as to like, like, you know, someone Sometimes we'll say like, uh, if your grades weren't done on time or you didn't get back to my email, but I saw you went and spoke somewhere this weekend. I saw you did this. I saw you got, you're doing this going out or there's becomes this kind of thing where people are judging how you're spending your time. Um, you have to just ignore that. You have to ignore it in because of this, because if I was on a softball team, nobody would be judging my time. If I was volunteering at the homeless shelter, no one would be judging my time. If I was watching football or um, all weekend, or I was in some, because I was in a fantasy football league, no one's judging my time, but because I'm making money because of what I want to do, right? So this comes down to it also, it's knowing my why. My why is Real Rap with Reynolds exists because I'm trying to create pathways and pipelines for teachers to become the teachers they're called to be. Real Rap with Reynolds exists because I want to be an answer to prayer because I want to make so much money on from working with brands, not just on the backs of teachers, that that is not something that I want to do at all. I wish I could just give mentoring calls away. Um, we're not there yet, but maybe one day. But if I can make money with brands that are billion dollar brands that will then be a blessing to my students, be a blessing to students I have that are in college, be a blessing to kids and just say, no, don't worry about your books this this semester. I got you. It's I know that you guys are having a hard time that you can't get home for Christmas. I'll pay for the bus ticket and you can get, you can come home. Like to be able to be an answer to prayer is something that I want this, this company to be. So then I don't feel bad about it because I know that the work I'm doing isn't about me. It's not just, it's not just about me. It's not just about me having things that I like buying stuff that I want. Um, but it is, a way for me to bless those around me, that 
lets me off the hook immediately. It's just like when I want something for my classroom or I want something to change or something to happen in school. That if I'm asking for something for my classroom that just benefits me, I have a really hard time doing that. But when I want books for my classroom, and I know it's for kids, when I want to go on a trip, even if it's expensive, but I know that it benefits students, that changes everything. That's a total shift. And then I have all the swagger in the world to walk in the office, even if it's some absurd price tag that's attached to it. No, this is what I need. And this is why I need it because I have students with dyslexia. And so I need text to speech. I need these headphones. I need reading nooks in my room. I need whatever it is. Um, I, I have. I'm more courageous because I know that it's not about me, that what I'm doing is because I'm called to do it. That's a lot better. That's a lot more digestible. I'm not saying it's the other way is wrong. Um, I'm just saying that for me, that's more digestible than uh, it's like a me thing or something like that. So, yeah. And I think the bigger, the bigger part, and I can speak for this uh, between you and I and Laura, because I know she's a woman of faith. I think it comes down to how do you know what's right and what's real and how much time and the answer to those questions. I think it's asking God, like, I think, and it's listening for that. Like you, it's the why and the deeper why behind that goes to God too. It's like, is that the person who's putting that new dream or idea or spawning something new in your life or, or direction to go i think that that makes all the difference if if because who are you to say no to that then, right, right right so it changes things yeah. yeah and i think that that impacts your why and that impacts your how much the time energy heart and soul goes into the thing and all the questions that you're asking i think it's you have to yeah i think it just all comes from that place cool that was very good in my two cents awesome gang that's it for this week. Um, we got a whole team working on this now, so I can't, I don't want to hold everyone up to do two hours anymore. Um, if you listen, if this brings any value to you at all in your life, right? Like we make AdSense. Don't, don't get me wrong here. AdSense is lovely. It just doesn't really, it just doesn't add up to that much. Um, so I'm not asking this so that I get more AdSense or something like that. Just, you know, as if anyone would think that, I don't know. But if this helps you, Send it along to a friend. Share it if you're on Facebook or on YouTube. Uh, share the link. Tell your school. Bring people along with you. You know, if you know someone that's having a really hard year that you just think would be, you know, not not even if they're going to ask their question, but to just be around the energy of folks that are, the, you know, and people in the comments that are being, you know, it, it's, it goes back to Jim Rohn saying you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And so are you spending your time virtually or in real life? with people that are uplifting, that are good, that are, that are excited, um, that's going to rub off in you. So think of it as that to, to kind of share people that with people, anything else. Um, and then the last thing real quick is, uh, I forgot to mention this earlier. I was going to mention the middle of the thing. We're starting a newsletter, a video newsletter where I am going to talk about some of the things that I do to become the teacher that I really want to be. Right. So I'm always becoming, I've not arrived there yet. Uh, but you can sign up for that right in our on our website. If you go realrapwithreynolds.com, there's a little thing, floaty thing on there that Edie set up that says newsletter. You put in your name and your email address, and that's it. And those are going to get sent out next week on Friday-ish. I think it's Friday. The 29th, is the date. you'll get it in your mailbox. It's a video thing. It's very short. But it just will be a good way to kind of like go into your weekend. Um, and we just wanted to find other, like trying to find new ways this year 
to add goodness to teachers' lives. Um, and so that's that's what it is. So that's it, everybody. I hope that you have a wonderful week. And I'm going to end it like this, wife. Ready? And then I can shut it down and it'll just be easier. Peace.